The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Again, I'd like to um, take time to welcome you to this time of worship with us. No matter where you are joining us from, no matter where you are watching or how you're tuning in, no matter what you're wearing, don't worry, my kids are probably still in their pajamas. We are glad that you are here tuning in with us for this time of pause, a time to reconnect with God during the week, and a time to hear the good news from Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to get right to the point. We're going to focus on three verses in this text. So if you haven't already, you can turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to be taking a look at verses 36 to 38. So I want you to listen once again. When Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, I think that when we hear these three verses, it's easy for us to immediately hone in onto these words, the laborers are few. It's like that feeling at Christmas time when you're in Target and there's five million registers and only two are open. Do you remember what it's like to be in a crowded place? It feels like forever ago. The laborers are few. We get stuck there. We don't move from that spot whether it's our self-righteousness, right? Look how good I am. I'm one of the few laborers. Or whether it's scarcity, there isn't enough. There's not gonna be enough. Run, go hoard all the toilet paper. I mean, laborers or criticism. Ugh, these laborers never show up. Poor me stuck with all the work. For some reason, our minds sit right there. The laborers are few. And I'm sure that you've heard a number of different sermons as pep talks to go out and to get them. 
because it's easy to get stuck in the mess, right? It's easy to get stuck in self-righteousness because of fear or criticism or scarcity. You don't have to look very far to find it. Actually, in 2020, it just keeps on falling into our laps. Unemployment rates are at an all-time high. The cry for help from our black and brown neighbors begging us to listen and act to fix systematic racism. Hospitalizations for COVID on the rise again, divisions in absolute, conversations and topics that are hard to hear are blasted all over social media, not to mention death and cancer and heart attacks and strokes and emergency surgeries. They don't stop because we're in the middle of a crisis a rise in mental illness, sexism, children trafficking, lives on hold. This week, we remember the anniversary of Emmanuel 9 and Juneteenth. And don't forget, it's hurricane season. Seems like the world is a mess. I don't know that I'll ever be so glad to flip a calendar to the next year, and we're only halfway through it. It's a mess. And yes, it makes it easy to get stuck in the muck of it all, to see the words, the laborers are few, as our reality. But that's just the middle. That's just part of what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Because it starts off with, the harvest is plentiful. Listen, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. But here is a promise. When Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion for them, for the harassed and for the helpless, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus sees us. Jesus has compassion for the mess that we are in, and Jesus responds to us just like he did the disciples. The harvest is plentiful. Send out all the laborers you have, because there is a harvest in the midst. Look, not just with your head, but also with your hearts. The harvest is plentiful. Esther Eddie Hilsom was born on January 15, 1914 in the Netherlands. She was a writer who's probably most famous for her diaries that document up to the day that she was taken to Auschwitz and eventually died at the age of 29 in the gas chambers. During 1942 and 1943, she held administrative duties for the Jewish Council and transferred voluntarily to a Department of Social Welfare for People in Transit at West Bork Transit Camp, a Jewish refugee camp established by the Dutch government. She struggled with depression, and that is well documented in her diaries. But she was a woman of great faith. On one particularly hard day in July of 1942, she wrote this. Today, in just one day, I have lived through years of numbness. And yet, there must be somebody to live through it all and bear witness to the fact that God lived, even in these times. And why should I not be that witness? One must not count in days, but in years, 
Today there was a moment when I thought I had reached the end of my tether. It was a day that went on forever. But now I know that I must not give up. No matter how hard the day, I must count on living a hard life for years and try to bear it and try to save a little piece of God. What a powerful testament of faith in the midst of what also was a big old mess. There must be someone to live through it all and to bear witness to the fact that God lived. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, described her commitment in this way. She decided to occupy a certain place in the world, a place where others could somehow connect with God through her. She took responsibility for making God credible in the world. She took responsibility for God's believability. Jesus had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. I believe that Jesus is calling us in this passage to testify to the plentiful harvest. No matter how messy life is or how helpless we might feel, now understand this, I don't think that that means that we gaze over what is going on, don't feel the weight of what is going on in the world, bury our heads in the sand, because that's the easy way out. Jesus is calling us to the hard work of making God credible in the world, of taking responsibility for God's believability. The harvest is God's kingdom in this world. And the power of God is already breaking into this broken world. God started that years and years and years ago with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are to testify, testify to the plentiful harvest, which means we're to keep our eyes forward, looking for God's presence, in the world. And when we see it, we are to proclaim the good news. Jesus gives us one more hint in this passage of how to find hope in God's presence. After the harvest is plentiful, he says, don't be discouraged, but instead turn to God and ask, pray to send out laborers into the harvest. There's our clue to pray and to ask, to ask and to pray. When Jesus addresses the harassed, helpless, and beaten down crowd, he reminds them of God's goodness and kingdom. And he told them to pray for their fellow humanity. Pray that God will send laborers. Pray that God will send compassionate people to do the work of addressing the needs in their midst. So the disciples listened. And the disciples prayed, and in the praying and in the listening, they became the answer to their own prayers. They prayed God would send laborers, and boom, they were the laborers. Jesus gave them authority and sent them out to proclaim and point to God in the world. 
And the same is true for us. Jesus has compassion for us. Jesus gives us hope of a plentiful harvest. And Jesus tells us to pray for more laborers. And through our thoughts and prayers, turn them in to our feet moving to those who are lost and oppressed and lonely and hungry and undervalued and trapped and outcast. We become the answer to the prayers that we have been praying. We learn and we listen. We amplify voices that aren't being heard. We call, we email, we write letters to make a change. We point to God when we see God's goodness and God's kingdom in this world. God calls us. God gives us courage. God tells us to speak up so that our hands and feet are the very answer to our own prayers. And we've done just that. Our prayers for the hungry are answered through those who are courageously still serving at Food for Thought. Our prayers for those affected by COVID directly or indirectly are answered through those who courageously take on a calling ministry, hopping on a Zoom call to be in community, writing cards, supporting children and youth ministry for Sunday school bags and for class of 2020 gifts. Our prayers for those who are oppressed because of their race are answered by getting out of our comfort zone, listening to new voices, joining 50 plus other people about talking about what we learned and where we were challenged so that we can begin to peel back the layers that we have missed for so many too many years by figuring out new and creative ways to tutor our Gator reading kids come August when we might not be allowed in schools, by continuing to support the mission and ministry for our Child Development Center. Now we have a long way to go, but God is moving in this congregation, in this city, in this country, and this world. Take a look around. We might have some uncertain times where God is calling us to stretch and grow in ways we never thought we could before. To be honest, that's nothing new for us in the last three months or more. But what we do know is that God wins in the end because God's kingdom will come. It's a beautiful thing to testify to a plentiful harvest. There must be someone to live through it all and bear witness to the fact that God lived, even in these times. And why should I, why should we not be that witness of making God credible to the world and of taking responsibility for God's believability? Let us pray. Gracious God, you are worthy of all our praise. You are worthy of all our thanksgiving. You have provided us a plentiful harvest, even in uncertain times. You show us compassion when we are harassed and helpless. Turn our prayers into action so that our hands and feet will proclaim the goodness of your kingdom. Let us bear witness to where you are in the world 
and shine your light and love in all the darkest places. Even when we are overwhelmed, help us keep our eyes on you. Amen.